0: Let me pray for the reading, preaching of God's word. I, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? God, we lift up our eyes to you because we need your help. We need your help to understand your word. We need your help to internalize your word. We need your help for us to persevere to the end in faith and obedience. We need your help to be faithful today. So, Lord, reveal to us more of yourself this evening increase our faith in you bring greater conviction and deeper comfort in Christ our Savior in his precious name we pray Amen Psalm 121 A Song of Ascents as we're getting ready for um, another baby, like I'm just kind of like think, think, looking back and remembering when the, our first two daughters were growing up, and and as as infants grow up, they go through a stage somewhere sometime before when they're two years old. Uh, it's where they experience separation anxiety, uh, and basically they just. Are terrified of being separated from their parents, and uh, and so uh, and it happens. It's like a natural stage in their development because they're old enough to recognize that not everybody is their parents, <laughs> which like real infants like don't even know that. And then, uh, but then they're not quite old enough to know that when their parents leave, like they come back. And then, like they can, and that it's not like they're abandoning them. And so, when they, when the parents are out of their sight, so for example, if they put them to bed, but then in the middle of the night they wake up and they're not there, they're terrified. They're like, "My parents have abandoned me." Kind of, it's like they feel separated, and uh, and they cry. And obviously, it's a, it's like an exhausting time for parents, you know, because that means you know you can never really be apart from them. And uh, some in some bad cases, like parents can't even go to the bathroom like without the kids, like, and. um, uh apparently that's what i did to my mom yeah but it's uh and uh but but then it's also a really like sweet time too because they're totally dependent on you and entrusted to you uh and it's like uh and like there's a lot of you know comforts you can offer them and a lot of cuddle times and things that like happen so like a lot of intimacy and affection that you know you really never experience again um after that because the more they independent they get the more they grow they don't really need that <laughs> uh, or seek that from you um, and so it's like this, this Psalm 121 is really an invitation to enjoy uh, that kind of deep intimacy and affection with our Lord uh, with God um, and the main point of it is that we should entrust ourselves to the Lord who keeps us um, and so it's kind of it's got four couplets, um, so every uh, two verses is like a like a unit um, and has it has kind of recurring themes, words, and then it kind of has that terrace structure, that staircase structure that I mentioned last week about how just it just uh, every i guess pair of verse depends advances the idea of the one that preceded it uh, and in the first. St- we see that the God is God is the one who helps us. In the second one, verses three to four, we said that God is the one who watches us. And then verses five to six tells us that God is the one who shields us. And then verses seven to eight tells us that God is the one who uh, keeps us. So let's just go through in turn, starting with verses one to two, which tells us that God is the one who helps us. Uh, it begins with the psalmist's question. It really introduces the entire psalm. It says, "I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help?" Come from? From where does my help come? Um, the hills, which is sometimes translated mountains, it's the same Hebrew word. Uh, it the hills represent the dwelling place of God. Um, Uh, sometimes it uses the plural to refer to the dwelling place of God. So Psalm 133, verse 3 says, It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, or the hills of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. It's the place where God dwells. He gives life to his people, eternal life. Um, uh, Similarly, Psalm 125, verse 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time forth and forevermore. So there's, it's, it's, there's a powerful effect, right, of, of seeing a mountain range that surrounds a city and then seeing in that God's surrounding protection over his people. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the view here. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Uh, from where does my help come? And so the psalm is really for anyone seeking God's help. Uh, people who are asking themselves, who is going to help me? Right? I need help. Who is going to help me? Where are you, God? Um, and, and the psalmist answers his own question in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Ah, such a powerful, right, uh, powerful introduction to who our helper is. Uh, I mean, it's like a, when we ask someone for help, we, we ask someone that's in a better position than we are, right? A position from which they can help, uh, so if you're in a pit, like you don't ask someone that's in the pit with you to help you. You got to ask someone who's up on the ground, up on higher ground, to lift you up, right? And so if uh, like I need help, I mean I'm not a student anymore. But if uh, someone needs help with their physics problem set, right? I mean there's there's a whole bunch of physicists in our church, like with PhDs that can they can ask, right? Um, and so they ask because they are qualified to help. Um, and uh, in a it's in, in a similar way, we we want to know. If people who are going to help us are capable of helping us, if they're qualified to help us. And this verse tells us that the Lord is qualified to help us. My help comes from the Lord, who is he, who made heaven and earth. It's says qualification. It's a merism, right? It's, it's a literary device where you use two extremes of, of a spectrum in order to denote the entire thing, the, the entire spectrum. So when someone says young and old, all come, all, like young and old can come to this meeting. Uh, that doesn't mean only youth and the elderly can come, right? It also includes the middle-aged people, right? It means everyone can come. So it's when it says heaven and earth, that means not just the sky and the land, but all creation. The Lord made all of creation. That's who he is, uh, and so he's sufficient to be, our help, to be our helper. I mean, if you think about it, it's really mind-boggling, right? The brightest minds in our world have, have devote their entire lives to study and discover maybe something new about just tiny slice of creation right of reality and god made the heaven and the earth and such a strengthening and reassuring thing that the creator of cosmos is the god who helps us where is your helper where does your help come from the god who made heaven and earth man i just wish i could tell everybody that like who helps you the god who made heaven and earth that's my helper uh, and uh, and then and so he's the one who helps us, and then we see that God's the one who also watches us, watches over us. Verses three to four, um, and he's now uh, you could notice he, he says, "I lift my, my eyes to the hills. From those where where does my help come from?" And then my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And now in verses starting in verse three, he starts addressing others. So from that place of conviction and faith in God as his helper, he's now turning to comfort other pilgrims on the way, other saints of the Lord. Uh, And so he says, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Um, You can see kind of how it's continuing that idea here. The kind of theme that ties this pair together, a pair of verses together is the uh, language of slumbering and sleeping. Um, and it's telling us that God is our sentinel. He's, he's our watchman. He guards over us. And I mean, even the, the bravest and mo- most robust and honorable soldier uh, is going to uh, doze off eventually <laughs> if, if they're waiting and watch standing guard long enough, right? Uh, and uh, uh, even the most devoted helicopter parent can't possibly ever watch his or her child all the time there's they can't it's limited but god never sleeps he never sleeps he doesn't need to rest he doesn't need to sleep and he never dozes off. Like, there's never a time when he's just not paying attention and you can just catch him off guard and something happens to you. Like, that's happened to my kids so many times, right? You just like turn your eyes away for a second and they're like, boom, like, you know, bang your head in the t- corner of a table and like, ah, like crying and you know, crying their eyes out. It's like a, that never happens to God. Like, you know? And how comforting is that? Like, you know, when something happens to you, you're like, man, like, my life is just, like, what is happening to my life? And then just remembering, no, God has never. Let his gaze off of you. He doesn't slumber, never dozes off. He's not sleeping. He watches us. And then verse 5 and 6 tells us that he shields us. Um, um, It says, uh, the Lord uh, is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. in the middle of our long New England winter, it's probably hard to associate the sun with anything other than endorphins and vitamin D and happiness. <laughs> you know, but uh, but have got to remember that this psalm is written in a context where people are living in the you know, bl- you know, withering heat of the yes. Middle Eastern <laughs> desert. Uh, where people literally die of heat strokes. You know, sometimes, you know, it's like a... And so, so it, a shade is such a respite, right? It's something that shields you from that oppressive heat. Uh, and it's a welcome sight when you find it um, in this culture. Uh, and, uh, and so, and, and not only that, in the ancient world, the, there's also this idea of being moonstruck. Um, so the, the Greek word for epilepsy, uh, epilepsy, actually, the word comes from the Greek word that literally means moonstruck. Uh, so not that the moon actually causes it but but that's how they uh, basically described illnesses that had no apparent you know uh, physical cause or source and actually people still can't explain epilepsy right so it's like a they think it's something to do with the brain but they don't know how it happens yeah and uh it's like a Ex- certain types there are two types of epilepsies right I think there's me I don't know if you know but uh <laughs> one kind is like they know it's like something to do with the brain the other kind I don't think they know and then um and so they, they had his monster. so here I think the psalmist is using it a little more uh, figurative way basically anything that can harm you by day anything that can harm you by night all day long there's nothing that you are not shielded from by God he he's our shade um And then finally, in verses 7 to 8, it tells us that God is the one who keeps us, which is kind of the keep. The word keep occurs again and again and again uh, throughout this psalm. It's the main idea. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Uh, there's There's two more merisms here in this last verse, right? So going out and coming in. That means all of our uh, every part of our journey of life, every leg of our journey, where you're you're going, whenever you're coming back in, God is with us. And then this time forth, from now and forevermore—that means all time, for all time—he is guarding us and protecting us and shielding us. And, and so it's really speaking of God's ultimate preservation and protection, and the fact that He uses forevermore, I think, suggests that the psalmist is already onto something. That it's God not only protects us in this life. Rather, that this points to an ultimate reality of God's preservation and protection. Uh, and it, I think that it's echoed in Jude 1, to 25. It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Right. It's God who keeps us in this journey of life until we arrive at our eternal destiny uh, and are presented blameless before God uh, it, with God's glory with great joy. And that eternal life that, that, that redounds to God's eternal glory, uh, it happens through Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the one who saves us, and then he's the one who keeps us and preserves us. Uh, and this us uh, turn to John uh, 10, uh briefly uh, to see how Jesus does this. Um, John 10 verses 14 to 18 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep Uh, I have authority to lay it down I have authority to take it up again this charge I received from my father and if you go down a little bit more he says in verse 27 to 29 my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand I and the father are one Um, it's such a comforting uh, comforting promise and I don't know if I'm uh, just getting more fatigued with life or just old but it's like a I used to be much more um, you know exuberant about like hey like I'm gonna kind of conquer the world for Christ kind of thing and just like not you know like don't um, um, and, you know, I'm gonna, I don't know, <laughs> and then now, like, I think the more, it's, like, and so this kind of passage didn't mean as much to me back then, it's, like, it's, like, God's gonna preserve you, like, protect you, it's, like, a. it's, like, I, I felt invincible, you know, like, I don't need protection, <laughs> I'm just gonna go, all, you know, it's, like, a, and then, like, and then, like, the more, that I, it's, like, I think the more and more, like, these kind of passages are comforting to me, are assuring to me, it's, like, uh, I, in my own strength, cannot, cannot persevere to the end. But Christ preserves me. Dan um, said the same thing on Sunday. That's really? Oh, yeah. uh, really? In his youth, he had such a strong zeal and energy. And how, like, now uh, it's just, he has more humility, but he's kind of in the same uh, <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I kind of listen to that sermon still. Yeah, But it's like, a, yeah, it's just um, so grateful because our helper is the creator of the heavens and the earth and he's keeping us, and who's going to dare snatch you out of his hand, right? And he's keeping you. He's got you. Uh, and that's the, that's the hope that we have. Because of Jesus, we're in his hands. Because of Jesus, we've been rescued, and we're in the flock of God. And, and I hope that really uh, functions in our lives uh, to, uh, to encourage us, comfort us, and help us, uh, spur us on to continue on and to persevere in, in, for Christ's glory.